Yay. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome to our event. Wait, don't throw that out. Cooking with scraps to eat healthy, save money, and the planet. My name is Selena, and I'm with Bellingham VegFest. And I imagine we have some new viewers today because this is being streamed from our Facebook page and also through Trimazine's Facebook page. So just a little bit about Bellingham's VegFest. We are a nonprofit based here in Bellingham, Washington. We're all about that vegan lifestyle. So anything and everything vegan, that's what we like to talk about. And part of our mission is to educate the community about the benefits of a vegan lifestyle. And one really big benefit to the vegan lifestyle is that we can reduce our personal impact on the planet by adopting a plant-based diet. And this week happens to be Belling the city of Bellingham's Climate Action Week. And we're so excited to be able to do this event during this important week. This is a kind of a big week in Bellingham. There's tons of events going on. We have another event going on this week also called Bellingham Vegan Restaurant Week. Hopefully you've heard of it. Um, but there are so many other events going on. And there's we put a link in the event page so you can check that, that out. But today, our good friend Cindy Thompson from Try Amazing Health and Lifestyle Coaching is joining us. We've partnered with Cindy several times already, so you probably know. But for those that don't know, she is a retired fire captain and paramedic who dramatically improved her health and fitness through plant-based nutrition. She started Try Amazing as a way to help others reach their health and wellness goals like she did. In addition to Trimazine, she is also a Food for Life instructor with PCRM, a Main Street vegan lifestyle coach and educator, health and firefighter fitness coach, and Harvard Medical School culinary coach. We are thrilled to share that she has her recipes featured in the new book by Glenn Mertzer called Food is Climate. This book just came out. It's got great recipes, lots of information. Without further ado, welcome, Cindy. Thank you, Selena. Did you know that food does not break down into soil in the dump when you throw it in the garbage? It My actually, dump. yeah, <laughs> isn't that surprising? I didn't know that either. It actually turns to methane, which is 20 times, 28 times more potent of a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide just crazy. So what happens is food in the dump gets smothered. And when it doesn't have oxygen reaching food, it creates methane. So it's a big deal. Um, hi, I'm Cindy Thompson with Trimazing. And I didn't know that food waste in the garbage created methane. So I'm here today to share all about that today. Um, and we're going to cover how to use food scraps to uh, improve your health, to save money, because who doesn't like to save money, and to save the, clim the climate. And we'll also talk about how to properly dispose of food waste to prevent the production of methane. So I'm excited to be back here with Bellingham VegFest again, and I'm just thrilled that it's part of Climate Week with uh, the city of Bellingham. So while I'm a vegan health coach, uh, I also have been zero waste for over a decade, which is why I was so excited to be included in Glenn Merzer's book, Food is Climate. This is a fabulous book. This is something you're going to want to pick up and read. It talks about how 
animal agriculture is the number one contributor to climate change and global warming, uh, like the tune of 87% of the greenhouse gas uh, emissions is from animal-based agriculture. So this is something you definitely want to read and share with people that you know and love, leave around places for people to pick up and learn more and have how, how important it is to eat vegan, whole food, plant-based to save our planet. Now, while animal agriculture is a huge contributor to uh, global warming, methane from food waste is also huge, uh, upwards to 10% of that as well. So this is something that is, even as vegans and plant-based eaters, we can do in addition to not eating animals and supporting animal agriculture, we can control the methane emissions uh, through the proper handling of the foods that we eat. So that uh, is the book. So today, as we're going along, I have links for you. I'm just going to bring up the link. So we're going to have, we're going to make some really good food today. I'm going to show you how to use these food scraps, and then we'll end with talking about how to deal with the food scraps that you do need to dispose of. And you can get the recipes and everything I talk about today at trimazing.com slash BVF for Bellingham VegFest 2021. And the link is right there on the bottom of the screen. You can get the recipes, more scrappy recipes. Uh, you can get a link to buy the book by Glenn Merzer. If you don't win it from Selena, because she is going to give one away um, for the luck one lucky watcher or listener today. And we'll, she'll tell you at the end, actually, well, I'll tell you now, if you want to, if you want to be entered to win the book for Selena in the comments for Facebook, just write in, I want to win the book and she'll put you in for the drawing. So you can get your own copy. Um, but if you don't win, you can also click on my resources page, click and buy your own copy. Also, besides the recipes and the book, you can get a discount code for two classes I have coming up. I'll talk about it at the end. And uh, more resources for going zero waste and for buying, finding the best fruits and vegetables for get the most bang for your buck. All right. So let's start with climate. We've talked about that a little bit. That Animal agriculture is a huge thing, but food waste is a huge thing. Methane uh, has an enormous capacity to warm our environment. So we want to reduce that as much as possible. But for health, what's the thing about food scraps and health? Well, the amazing thing is fruits and vegetables are full of phytonutrients that are often found in their peels, their stems, and their leaves uh, to help keep the uh, fruit and vegetable protected from pests and insects. And those phytonutrients, when we eat them, turn into really potent antioxidants, also our vitamins and minerals. And it's where a lot of fiber is located. So antioxidants, the reason they're so important, they're really huge cancer preventers. So uh, antioxidants are something you wanna have a lot in your body. Also fiber, fiber is king. Instead of asking, where do we get our protein? We really want to ask, where do you get your fiber? So adding more of the peels and the greens are going to give us more fiber. Okay. In fact, so let's talk about apple peels. Apple peels, if you eat the peel on your apple, you will get more vitamin K, vitamin A, vitamin C, fiber, calcium, and potassium than if you peeled that apple. Like, 300 times more vitamin K. It's just crazy. Potato skins, you get more potassium, more fiber, and more vitamin C. Uh, carrot peels, you get more vitamin C, more niacin, and more fiber if you include those peels. 
So they are completely safe to eat. They're a good thing for us to eat going forward. Saving money. So oftentimes, I'll show you this broccoli as an example. When we buy our produce at the store, it contains, may have a big piece of stem on there, which is sometimes half of the weight or more, like this broccoli, I bet this stem weighs more than the florets on here. If you cut that off and throw that out, you've just spent money that you threw in the garbage can. And this is actually extremely edible. So this is a great way to save money, to stretch your dollar, to stretch your groceries. And groceries are getting horribly expensive right now. I've just been shocked. Even fruits and vegetables have gone up really high. We want to make sure that we are getting our best, most bang for our buck and buying things and using the whole thing. So for example, on the beets today, I'm going to tell you how to show you how to make a really great pasta meal that's actually going to give you a double recipe for buying beets. You can make your beets and roast them and have them for a meal, but then we're going to use the stems and the leaves and have a completely additional meal. Okay. So that's a big deal. So let's spend some time and I'm just going to quickly go through some of these vegetables that I have up here to tell you what you can eat on them. Let's start with broccoli. So broccoli stems. Here's our stem. You can eat all of this. Now, sometimes the skin on here can be kind of tough. You can use a paring knife or a peeler and peel that right off, chop it up, and then cook this with your broccoli florets. You can steam it. it works great. I have a little sample here of some broccoli that I did some good stuff. So I just cut up the stem. This was uh, tender, so I didn't even have to peel it. It was a smaller stem. So you can see my little chunks and I could steam that or saute it with my florets. Very delicious, tastes just like broccoli. Um, the other thing I did is I grated the stem. You could use a box grater, you could use a julienne on a mandolin, you could use your food processor. I use my food processor for this. And this is what they call broccoli slaw. I don't know if you've ever seen that in the grocery store, but you can get a big sack of broccoli slaw, which is grated a broccoli and grated carrots, sometimes some cabbage that you could turn into coleslaw. But what's great about broccoli slaw is that it sautés up beautifully. So one of my favorite things to do is if I'm making enchiladas or tacos or spaghetti sauce, I sauté that with my onions and my vegetables and it really basically disappears. So now I've stretched out my food because I've added all this extra wonderful broccoli with all the nice fiber and it's a cruciferous vegetable which is a huge cancer fighter so i'm improving the health of my family and i'm saving some money because i'm adding some more food to my my uh, recipe that normally would have gotten tossed and uh, just delicious and it just disappears you don't even know it's there so that is broccoli slaw really delicious you can make it on your own also on your broccoli are leaves broccoli is related to kale and to cabbage, and you can eat these leaves. They're just basically like kale. So peel these guys off and eat them. Just use them like you would use kale. And so there's another use for your broccoli. So that's broccoli. Let's talk about cauliflower. So here's my big giant cauliflower. Very similar to the broccoli is it has a stem that when you cut this, you can get the big core. Chunk that up, you can cook that with your florets of your broccoli, just like you did with the broccoli sim. You could grate this and turn it into riced cauliflower, um, but it's really delicious. And you may notice that this also has leaves. So these again are like kale, 
you should eat these. They are wonderful. They're delicious. This one's nice. It has really a whole lot of these really beautiful, yummy leaves. The green is from chlorophyll, which is a super antioxidant. So don't throw those away. You want to eat those. This happens to be a beautiful yellow cauliflower. You could get any color of cauliflower and eat those leaves, eat the core. It's all delicious. And now we're going to move on to root vegetables. So root vegetables are fantastic because they come with stems and leaves. So this is a beet. And a lot of time what people will do is they'll cut off the stems and throw them away and just eat the root. And you're missing out on all the nutrition. This root, the beet greens and the stems is where all of the nutrition is. And they're just absolutely delicious. Again, they're full of beta carotene, very wonderful. The stems you could cut up and saute, and that's what we're gonna do in a little bit. But you can also do that with a radish. And my favorite soup on the planet, we're not gonna demonstrate that today, but you could, if you go to the link um, for recipes, or if you buy the book, uh, my recipe for radish top soup is in there. It is my favorite. You can eat it cold, you can eat it hot. It is absolutely the best. More nutrition in the greens of a radish than the radish itself. They're kind of fuzzy, so they really aren't great to just put in a salad. It's kind of like eating Velcro. So you do want to cook this, but you can saute them like you would saute kale and all of that. Carrots, same thing. These are edible, the, the leaves of a carrot. And I thought for growing up that they were poisonous. And a lot of people think that too. And it has to do with the fact that it's closely related to the poisonous hemlock family. And so wild carrots, if you pick the wrong thing, you could accidentally get hemlock and that is poisonous. But if you buy conventional carrots, these are absolutely edible. And we're gonna make a wonderful pesto out of that. It's very popular in Europe to use carrot greens. Uh, not so popular in the United States. So you can add it to soup, you can simmer them, um, you can add it to broth, etc. So here's a leek, really great. These um, green leaves that you're, they're too tough to eat, we can use those. We're going to make some wonderful vegetable stock using uh, the greens of leeks. So here I have some leafy vegetables. I've got some kale and I have collard greens. Most people will zip off the leaves and throw out the stem. The stem, you could throw in a smoothie. Uh, same thing with your kale. Very edible, very delicious, full of nutrients. But the other thing I love to do with the stems of greens is to chop them up. They look kind of like celery, and that's exactly how I use them. So if I have a recipe that calls for sauteing celery and onions, um, I will just chop up the greens of the stems of greens and add them to my onions and saute them. I might, I'll probably add some celery in there too, but now I've given myself a health boost with those cruciferous vegetables. Celery doesn't have any of that cruciferous vegetable booster, those antioxidants and cancer fighting elements. And they cook down just like the celery and nobody knows any different. Um, you can see here, I have some um, Swiss chard. It looks a lot like the beet. Um, they are related. Um, so this is just the red Swiss chard. Um, but you can chop these all up. I chop these every single time, put them in a dish and put them in my freezer. And when it's time to cook and I don't have any celery, I can pull that frozen out of the freezer and pull out 
the frozen cut up stems and put them right in my pot with my onions and they cook up beautifully. So that's a great way to stretch your dollar to have some celery when you don't have celery on hand. Okay, so those are the greens. Finally, I'm going to talk about the cucumber. So cucumbers, if you buy it organic, that is not waxed, you can eat the peel. You can slice that up and put it on your salad. That's full of chlorophyll. Again, that's full of nutrition and antioxidants. You could shred it with a fork so that it's a lot uh, more tender to eat. But you can also peel them and we'll make some infused water out of the peels. Uh, if it's got the wax on it, if it's a conventional one, that's not so good to eat. But the unwaxed ones, ones that came out of your garden or organic are wonderful. We will revisit the cucumber. And then finally, I have a squash. This is a red curry squash. And much like a delicata squash and a lot of other squashes, you can cook these up with the skin on and you can eat the skin. It's absolutely nutritious. It's full of fiber. It gets nice and soft. Most squashes, you can actually eat the skin. So go ahead and cook this in your Instant Pot or roast it in your oven and puree it with the skin on there. It just disappears and there's no food waste from that, okay? Now, so the first thing I'm gonna do is vegetable stock. Now you can buy vegetable stock. You can get a quart jar of it or a can of it. It's kind of expensive. I know at my store, it's about $5 for a quart of vegetable stock. And you might've noticed, I just wiped off my tray of all those scraps that came off of my broccoli and I put them in the bowl of my Instant Pot. The reason for that is I like to make vegetable stock out of scrap. So in my bowl, let's change your view so you can see again. I have all kinds of scraps. Okay, I have a, a corn cob that I cut the kernels off of. I've got peels from carrots. I have basil stems. I've got, oh, onion skins. I've got garlic skins. I've got um, the tops and seeds of a red bell pepper, tops of green onions, all kinds of good stuff. I keep these as I'm cooking. I have a little bowl and I keep it in my refrigerator. Sometimes I just put this in the freezer and I keep filling it up. And then when my bowl is full, I fill it up to this max line, put it in my Instant Pot and set it for 10 minutes. And I have wonderful stock. So you can either do a natural pressure release or a quick release, does not matter. If you don't have an Instant Pot, just fill your stock pot full of these scraps, top it up with water, and then simmer it on the stove for about 40, 45 minutes, strain it off, and you've got wonderful, wonderful stock for nothing. That was stuff that you were going to throw away. Now you've just earned yourself a whole bunch of money. Of an instant pot full of broth from vegetable scraps makes about four quarts. So you just made $20. So here I make my broth and I freeze it in quart jars, but I have a whole bunch of different colors of, of stock. I've put them in my freezer. One is brown, one is kind of red, and one's kind of a tan color. And it's just based on whatever vegetables I have in there. I tend to not put cilantro or ginger in my scraps unless I know I'm gonna make a stock that I want those flavors in, but anything else is game. So put your scraps in there, put your spent herbs, your stems, your peels, and you've got instant stock, okay? You can freeze it into your mason jars like this. Just make sure you don't fill it over the shoulder, otherwise the jar will crack. But any kind of freezer safe jar will work. So that is our first recipe, and you can get that recipe again 
from the website, the B, uh, trimazing.com slash BFVF2021. And now we're going to do our next recipe, which I'm so excited about. I love. And that is our one pot lemon spaghetti with beet greens. So good. I love this recipe because not only is it no waste because we're using all the beet greens and the stems, also we're not gonna waste any water because we're gonna cook the pasta in the liquid that our, uh, our sauce, it's gonna turn into a sauce and it's gonna cook the pasta. So we don't even have to boil the noodles ahead of time. So this is a great midweek meal. I get my pot. I'm gonna heat this up to medium heat. As that's heating, I'll get my goodies here. All right, and I see that there's some comments, so I'm just gonna see if there's any questions. Wow. Yeah, so somebody asked if this is gonna be available later. Yes, uh, if you've missed the very beginning, um, after this is done, it will be available on all the websites, all of the Facebook pages that it's posted to, to you can watch the beginning again, so that's fantastic. All right, cool. Um, do I compost the scraps after making the broth? Yes, and we will talk about it at the end on how to deal with those afterwards so that we are being responsible. Okay, so I have my pot that's heating up. I have one onion that's chopped. I have six cloves of garlic that are minced. I have some um, plant-based Parmesan that I made that I'm not gonna go over, but in the recipe has the recipe on how to make the plant-based Parmesan. I have a big bowl of beet greens that I washed and I cut into big ribbons. We're gonna use those. That was from two bunches of beets. And then I've got the stems that I chopped and I have a lemon, super easy. I've got some spaghetti noodles behind me. So I'm gonna start by sauteing my onions. Okay, so here's my pot and I'm just gonna add my onions and I'm not gonna use oil. I'm gonna do a water saute, healthier for us, less expensive because oil is expensive. It's also got lots and lots of calories. So here is my beet stems that I chopped up and I've just cut them into quarter inch dice, nice and small. I'm gonna add those right to my onions and we're gonna let those saute. Just over medium, medium high heat. I'm gonna add a pinch of salt and that's just gonna help things saute. Get my spoon and give that a stir. Okay, so here are my my beet green, my beet stems, and my onions. And we're gonna let them saute. So while that's cooking, I have a lemon and I am going to zest it and juice it. And anytime I use a lemon, I always zest it. And I have this microplane. You could use a grater, a fine, fine grater, lots of antioxidants in the peel and flavor. So whether I'm using the zest of the lemon or not, I always zest it. And I put it in a little container in my freezer. And then when I'm making a soup or a pesto or a pasta or a salad dressing and it needs us a little brightness, I grab a pinch of that frozen lemon zest. And it just does wonders for your food. So here's my lemon zest you can see in there. So this was the zest of a whole lemon. And now I'm gonna cut that lemon in half and squeeze out the juice. Again, this is another thing that you can freeze. So here's my lemon, I'm gonna squeeze my juice. You can squeeze this into, or freeze this in ice cube trays and pop those cubes out into a container. And then anytime you need lemon juice, you've got it. But I'm not gonna throw away 
these lemons that I have squeezed and zested. We're gonna use those in a moment. Okay, so I'm just gonna set my lemon juice and my zest aside while my onion saute. Smelling delicious in here. My, my onions are starting to turn a little pink. These are starting to get soft. It'll take about five minutes. So while we're waiting for that, we're going to deal with our carrot tops and we're gonna make carrot top pesto. So delicious, very easy, very good. And you can use it just like you would use for any type of pesto. So I'm gonna grab my food processor. I have the oldest food processor on record. My grandmother bought this at the PX at Shilshil Naval <laughs> uh, Facility. Um, Gosh, I think it's 50, 1978, so, uh, and I, I've been using it ever since. It's a workhorse, so the oldest one, you get to see an antique in action. For my pesto, I am gonna use beet green, or uh, not beet greens, I'm gonna use carrot tops is what I'm gonna use. So let me show you my carrot tops, okay? Beautiful, I've washed them all up and they're just kind of in big chunks. This is from six carrots. And I've got some of the stem in there too. I'm gonna put that in my food processor. Really delicious, so yummy. This is a really nice pesto. And then I also have, I have some basil stems and I have flowers. So on your herbs, if you have fresh herbs, if they flower, just use them. They're full of flavor. Bees love them, we should love them too. So there's a couple leaves, but then I've got a bunch of stems. Pesto is a great way to use herb stems. It just chops right up. I have six cloves of garlic because that's, garlic is what makes pesto pesto, I think. I have a half a cup of pine nuts and you can use any type of nut that you like. You can use sunflower seeds. Those are nice because they're a local product for those guys in there. I have two tablespoons of nutritional yeast. That gives us our cheesy flavor without the Parmesan cheese. And I'm gonna put a pinch of salt in there. That'll help grind things up. And now I'm just gonna grind this away. That's looking pretty good. I'm gonna give it another little grind. You want it to just be kind of small grind in there. Oh yeah, that's looking really perfect. You still got some little chunks, but not really big chunks in there. And it smells delicious. So now we're gonna use, instead of oil, because we I like to do oil-free cooking, instead of oil, I'm gonna use aquafaba. Aquafaba, for those who don't know, is the liquid that comes out of a can of beans. I'm gonna give this a stir. So out of a can of white beans. And excuse me for a minute, I am starting to stick in my onions. So I'm gonna add a little bit of my vegetable stock to loosen that up. There we go. So out of a can of beans, is that liquid and you can use that as an oil replacement in dressings, you could use it in baking, it's really wonderful. You could whip it up actually to make kind of a meringue. If you don't have the aquafaba, you could use vegetable stock, the vegetable stock that we just made. So as my machine's running, I'm gonna drizzle in some of my aquafaba so that my pesto comes together. This was a half a cup going to stop it and scrape down the sides. You can see it's starting to get really nice and creamy in there. 
and you just want to have your pesto consistency. And that's looking really fantastic. I'm going to give that a thumbs up that that's ready to go. And then you would just taste this and season it with salt and pepper, how you want it to be seasoned. But as you see, you have a really nice creamy pesto with carrot tops. And I, I guarantee you, you make that, people are just going to go crazy over it. So let's change our view so you can see. I'm going to scoop this pesto into my container. You can use this right away. You can put it on sandwiches. You can put this on pasta. Anything where that you would normally use pesto. And it doesn't have to be just carrot tops. You could make beet top pesto. You could make mustard green pesto. Any type of greens that you have, any stems that you have. You could do kale stem pesto, which is really delicious, really good on pasta, and very good for us. So here is our beautiful pesto. You could freeze this in an ice cube tray, and then you've got little flavor bombs. I like to do that. Uh, and then I use the pesto when I'm making spaghetti sauce. I don't have to chop up all my herbs because they're already chopped up, and I can just add them to my, my spaghetti sauce. Add a little more liquid here. So as we were making our pesto, our onions and our beet greens have cooked up beautifully. They've actually browned a little bit, which is great. That'll give us a nice color. And now we're going to add our garlic. So I had six cloves of garlic that I just used the microplane on and put them in a little dish. But I don't want these to stick to the, the pan or burn. So I'm going to only put them in here for the last minute of cooking of my onions and my beet stems. Smells delicious. Just let that cook for just a minute. Put my goodies away here. Clean up my worktop. All right. So the next part of our pasta, and this only is going to take 15 minutes. You're not going to believe this. It's so fast. So here is our beautiful greens, green stems, and our onions, and our garlic now. now I'm going to add my, actually not my lemon zest. I'm going to add, I have um five cups of stock and two cups of plant-based milk. And this actually is some coconut milk. I'm going to add that to my pot. That's what we're going to use to cook our pasta in. And I'm going to add the juice of the lemon, but I don't want those pits. Bring up our heat because I want it to come up to a little bit of a boil. And now I have pasta. I have spaghetti, but you could use any type. This is 14 ounces of spaghetti. You could use gluten-free also. I'm going to break them in half because it makes it easier. And I'm just going to dump them right into my cooking liquid. Remember, I am not going to drain this off. These are going to cook right in this liquid. So flavorful. And they're going to cook for about 15 minutes until the liquid is almost all absorbed. And our pasta is just about as tender as we want it to be. So this is just going to cook on the side as we're going. And I'm going to give it a stir every once in a while to so make sure it doesn't stick. And I just want a low, easy boil on these. Okay. 
So we'll put our pasta away here, pasta container. As they say, a watch pot never boils. So we'll just ignore it for a little bit and keep talking about using scraps. Okay, so we've made our vegetable stock. We have made our, our pesto. We're making our pasta. So let's, that was all used vegetables. So let's talk about using fruits and the scraps of fruits. So earlier you saw that I squeezed my lemons and I still have these sitting here. One of the things that I really love to do with, with fruit scraps is to make infused water. So I have a pitcher of water here. This is one of my favorite things. Um, it has a little, like a French press top that when you put your infused vegetables and fruits in it and pour, they don't come out the pitcher spout. You can go to tryamazing.com, click on my cooking tools I love on my or zero waste resources and you can get this pitcher. It's just the best. But what I love is when you go to a spa and they bring you a nice glass of of infused water that's got lemons in it or maybe it has cucumbers in it and other herbs and things. It's so good and you drink more water. So I make infused water all the time, almost every day. And I use whatever scraps I have on hand. So I'm gonna put my two lemons, they zested them. So they're kind of naked um, and I just put them in there. And also another thing I love to add, a couple things is the peel of ginger. So when you use fresh ginger and you peel off those peels, keep them. And I keep them in a little jar container in my freezer. And then when I make infused water or if maybe I want ginger tea, I'll take these frozen peels out and I'll just put them in my infused water or in my teapot with my tea. And there's just as much flavor in those as the pulp inside of the ginger root. It's amazing. Next, I have some stems of mint. I dehydrated the mint leaves for another thing the other day and I had these hard wooden stems. They're full of flavor. I'm gonna stick those in there. And then finally, this lowly cucumber that we had earlier. If you peel your cucumber because you don't wanna eat the peels, put those in your infused water. Don't waste the cucumber, just use the peels. And we're going to put those in our water. And then you can just stick this in your refrigerator. And after a little bit of time, you've got cucumber, lemon, ginger, mint water, which is fabulous and wonderful and full of antioxidants. And your family's going to drink it because it's delicious. You can put a tea bag in there if you wanted to have iced tea. Um, but this is great. Any kind of scraps that you want to put in there, lemons are great. Um, a tea bag that you've already used once that's not strong enough, you could put in here like hibiscus is really good for infused water. But there is another thing, just using food scraps. Very delicious, very useful. Okay, our pot is starting to come to a boil. Let me give it a stir so things don't stick. Put some things away and I'm gonna look and see if there are any questions that have come up. The pesto sounds incredible. Let's see, I'm gonna bring up the thing so I can read it better. Uh, sunflower seeds, uh, should they be raw or roasted? Um, it does not matter. Uh, you can use either raw or toasted uh, sunflower seeds. They are better for you health-wise if they're raw um, because if you roast nuts, sometimes they can create, um, what's it called, AGEs, 
which are um, carcinogenic um, compounds when you roast fats, um, which is the thing that makes meat, roasted meat carcinogenic. You can kind of run into that with nuts too. So I use all raw nuts in all of my cooking. So I would use raw sunflower seeds. That's a great question. All right, so that's it for a question. So keep asking your questions. I will pop in there. I get a little notice when I get a comment up here. So I appreciate that. So let's, uh, we'll take that off of there. There we go. Okay, so moving on with some more fruit scraps because we've got time to work on some more stuff. Another thing I keep on hand in my freezer are apple cores. So after I cut the apple off of my core, and this is all kind of drippy right now because it's been in the freezer, I keep them in a jar in my freezer. And there's a couple things you can do. Once these accumulate, uh, and we eat a lot of apples here, you could just simply cook these down uh, with a little tiny bit of water in a saucepan so they're soft, and then run them through a ricer or a chinois and turn it into applesauce. Uh, I do that all the time. My grandkids, we have eight grandkids and they love applesauce. So we always are making applesauce. But another thing you can do that sounds super difficult and crazy hard is to make vinegar. Super, super easy. And it still uses these same scraps. And you can use the peels of the apples too. So if you peeled a bunch of apples to make an apple pie, hold on to those, throw them in a jar, put them in your freezer, and you can make apple cider vinegar. In fact, here is some apple cider vinegar I made. I don't ever buy it again because it's just so darn simple to make. So my pot is boiling a little bit here. I'm just gonna turn that down and stir it every once in a while. So in the notes that you get, uh, I'll bring up the link again. If you go to the link, amazing.com slash bvf2021 you're going to get the instructions on how to make your own vegetable scrap vinegar and actually several other vinegars as well so to make it you have your your scraps and i have sugar water so this is a quarter cup of sugar in a quart of water that's all dissolved you're going to pour that over your apples they can still be frozen, wasn't hurt a thing. And I'm gonna fill up this jar about three quarters. Wait, that's boiling now because we were not watching it. That's saying work. Okay, so there is my water on my apples. And then I'm just gonna submerge, I'm gonna submerge these apples in that liquid, that sugar water. The reason being is that anything that is exposed to air will mold. And I want this to ferment. So I just use canning jar rings, put them on the top. And I've got a little jar of water and I'm just gonna push those down. So you can see that all of those apple scraps are pushed down in that sugar water. And I cover this with a towel with a rubber band and I put this in a warm place for several, a couple weeks. This keeps the bugs out. So I like to put this in my pantry. You could put it in your front hall closet, someplace where it's like 72 degrees, 70 degrees, so the temperature of your house. And then after that time, I check it every once in a while and make sure that I don't have any scraps that come up and float to the top. You can just pull those off with a spoon because those will mold. This will ferment and it will start to taste and smell like alcohol. You drain off 
all those fermented apples, put the juice back into your jar, and then add a little bit of mother of vinegar if you want. It's not necessary, it will make its own, but to speed up the process, if you buy uh, unfiltered natural uh, apple cider vinegar, like from Bragg's or Spectra, it has the mother in it, little pieces of it. Just take a couple tablespoons and put it in your fermented juice. Again, put, you don't need to have the weight anymore because there's no apple scraps in there anymore. Just put your towel on there, put a rubber band, put it back in your pantry or your closet for about three or four weeks and voila, you have vinegar. You just taste it and when it tastes vinegary, you're ready. And this makes gallons and gallons of vinegar. So I just don't buy it anymore. Very easy, very simple. The recipe again for making apple scrap vinegar is in the links. But you don't have to be just stuck with apple. You can be really creative. I've got another one here that I just started the other day. This is pineapple. Really awesome. Really the best vinegar is this pineapple vinegar. And this is just the outside peels and the inner hard cores of pineapple. Same process with the sugar water weighting it down. But the really fascinating thing with pineapple is that after about two or three days of fermenting, it gets really fizzy and like a soda and nice and sweet. And in South America, they call that tupiche, and you can actually drink it. It's really delicious. It's kind of like ginger ale, but it's with pineapple. Um, you could add some cinnamon sticks in there, or you could just let it go until it's fully into alcohol, pour off the solids, put a little mother of vinegar in there, um, and let it go into pineapple vinegar. You can do the same with strawberries. So this is just using the hulls of strawberries. I had a whole bunch of strawberries that I cut off the greens. I put them in a jar in the freezer. It was during the summertime. I didn't have time to make the vinegar. And it makes a beautiful, delicious, really fragrant strawberry vinegar, which is wonderful for salad dressings. And so here's some, this is pineapple vinegar that's already made. This is my strawberry vinegar that I made last year. And then you can move on to wine. So sometimes you get a bottle of wine and it's terrible, like it's, it's corked or you just didn't like the wine. Don't pour that down the drain. You can turn that into vinegar. Very simple, you just put that in a jar, you put your vinegar mother in there, and as you go and you make more vinegars, they make really big uh, vinegar mothers. It's kind of like a SCOBY. So it's just kind of this weird gelatinous thing. And you could just, I could take this one and plop it in my vinegar that I'm making with my red wine, and that will turn that into red wine vinegar. So, and that's fabulous for a hostess gift. It's delicious to eat. This is a big bottle of red wine vinegar that I made last year. So that's what you can do with food scraps. Lots of fun things. And in the resources page that you've got, um, you can get even more recipes for using uh, fruit scraps, like candied orange peel, lots of good stuff. Okay, so our pasta is cooking. It's getting nice and soft. You can see my pasta is starting to get soft. It's absorbing that liquid. All right, so take a look here. Pineapple scrap to make tapiche, yeah. <laughs> so it's so good, isn't it, Randy? I love it. My canning jar rings don't rust, so they're not in there very long, but
but I will tell you that after a while, I don't use them again after I've put them into the vinegar solution. It's only for the first couple of, of weeks. Sometimes it's only even a week and then I pull them out. But you can buy um, glass weights that will fit on there. And like with the pineapple, I didn't even have to put candy jar rings. I just had a big slice of the end of the pineapple and put a jar on it and it did just fine. You didn't need the rings in there. If you go to my resources page on tryamazing.com um, for candy resources, you can find glass candy weights that would fit right in there. Okay. Yeah, so the lids, that is true. I use the lids and not the rings. So the lids generally don't rust. The rings would and those I don't use in there. So perfect. Awesome. So let's... Um, Talk about composting. So obviously there are going to there is going to be a little bit of waste when I make my vegetable stock and I strain that off. I'm not going to be using those scraps that are cooked. So it's important to compost them. Because if you compost them, they're not going in the garbage dump, they're not going to be creating methane. They're actually going to turn back into soil, which is what we want. So if you have a yard debris container in the Seattle region, it's wonderful in Bellingham as well. Um, you can put your food waste in your yard debris container and it will be turned into compost, which is great. No methane. Um, if you live in an apartment, some apartment complexes don't have food recycling. Um, so it gets a little tricky. So what I always suggest is find friends, family, coworkers that you can take your yard debris, your, your food waste over to their place and you put it in their yard bin. Um, just get a big five gallon bucket with a lid. You can get those at Home Depot. And then once a week, go over and dump your stuff. If you don't have anyone that um, has a yard rig container that you can use, there's some other things you can do. Farmers markets usually have a food waste bin. Just ask them if you can bring your food waste and dump it. Uh, community gardens, like pea patches. I know that Washington State University up in Whatcom County um, has a gar community garden that they allow people to bring food waste to, what I read online. Also, some of the community community centers so uh, and government buildings, so like in Redmond, uh, the city of Redmond has a whole bunch of apartments downtown that don't have food recycling. Um, so they put food waste bins behind Redmond City Hall that people can come and bring their food waste. So you may wanna contact the city of Bellingham and find out if they have the same kind of a program so that you could take your food waste to. Beyond that, um, you could always see if you can take it to a yard debris recycler. Um, I imagine a five-gallon bucket, they aren't even going to charge you for it, but uh, that's an option. And then finally, there is a program called ShareWaste. It's a, uh, on, the, on the computer, sharewaste.com. They also have an app where you can search for people that are looking for food scraps. Animal sanctuaries, people that have farms that want to make compost are actually wanting people to bring their food scraps. So that's an option. I looked, there aren't any right in the initial Bellingham area. There's a lot of them south towards Seattle, but people are adding there all the time. And then finally, you could compost your food waste at home. And as part of Bellingham's Climate Week, they have two classes, one tonight and one tomorrow night on how to do uh, composting at home. And those are both on Zoom. So if you go to the city of Bellingham, to their Climate Week page, you'll be able to find um, links on how to compost at home, which is awesome. All right, so our pasta is just about ready. Our sauce is nice and saucy, and we're gonna finish this up. So I have my beautiful beet greens that are in wide ribbons, and I have my lemon zest. So I'm gonna put my lemon zest in there, 
smells so good. And I'm going to add all of these beet greens so that they get wilty. Yummy, yummy. Now, if you don't have enough beet greens, you could use Swiss chard leaves. You could use kale. You could use collard. You could use spinach, any type of greens. Just make sure you use those stems. And this isn't going to take very long at all because that nice, hot, boiling pasta water that's now cooked into a sauce is going to wilt those just beautifully. And I'm going to grab my serving bowl after those have wilted. We'll give it a couple more minutes here. Just not quite wilted enough. So again, we have made vegetable stock. We have made pesto. We're making a beautiful pasta, infused water and vinegar out of food scraps. Uh, we are going to the principle of foods, not garbage. Any of the way, uh, food that we're not going to be eating, any of the scraps that are cooked or that we're not going to eat, the infused water scraps, the vinegar scraps, the broth scraps, we are going to compost because foods, not garbage. So we're going to keep methane out of the environment from food waste. Okay, so we've learned about the climate. We've learned about how eating with scraps are healthy and how they're going to save us money. So I'm going to bring Selena back here in a moment here and answer any questions you guys might have. All right, Selena, are you there? I'm here. Yay. <laughs> I so can't believe you. you. I can't believe you did all of that in 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I talked a little bit at the beginning, but our, so our pasta is just finishing up. Let's see if we've got any questions. Let's see how big somebody asked how big my freezer is. Well, I actually have <laughs> I have three freezers. I have, oh, wow. I have I have a freezer that's all dedicated freezer for all of my frozen foods. And I keep my nuts, the my the nuts that I buy in there so they don't go rancid. I keep my rice and my grains in there. And then I have a refrigerator in my kitchen um, that has a freezer and then I have a spare um, refrigerator in our basement that has a freezer. So yeah, my freezer is pretty big. I, I use it a lot. It helps me with my zero waste because I can cook up my own vegetables and save my own vegetables, cook my own grains and beans and my vegetable stock to really help with my food waste reduction and zero waste. So I'm just going to pull this out of this beautiful, beautiful, I'll wipe the rim here, pasta. I'm going to add some plant-based Parmesan. This was with raw cashews and some garlic, granulated garlic and some salt and nutritional yeast, which I think is the food of gods. <laughs> Let's see. We're going to add this here so I can show you just how beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Using the, something that everybody would throw away, right? Yes. So it's delicious. It's something I serve with for company. It's absolutely wonderful. So um, definitely do make that. It's it's worth it. And um, it's good with all kinds of different kinds of greens, but I really like it with the beet greens. Hey, Cindy, because this yeah. is stream because this is streaming from different pages, I have a yeah. question that you a question that you might not see. Okay. Someone, someone asked if you could use the mother from the apple cider vinegar in the pineapple brew. Absolutely. So where did I do with my other mothers here? <laughs> Where's my jar of mothers? So yeah, I, 
I've pulled them off and I will use them in the berry vinegar, in the pineapple, uh, in the apple, you can swap them. Um, I will say that if you do use it in the red wine, they turn really dark. They actually look like wine. So let's show it here. So they're super, super dark. So I wouldn't put that in my pineapple or my apple scrap vinegar um, because it's just gonna give it a strange flavor and color. It's, it's kind of gross, it, they kind of look like liver. It kind of creeps me out, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the other ones that are light colored, you could reuse. Awesome. And then, I so somebody asked if you lived in Bellingham, which I know you do not, but you I do, don't. But you offer a lot of online and virtual courses and classes. I do, I do. So I work, uh, both in person and online. And so I do cooking classes with online uh, through Zoom or like live stream like this, um, or I can do a personal one-on-one -on -one Zoom cooking class as well. And I work with people all over the world. So I both do cooking classes and I do health coaching and zero waste or waste reduction classes with people um, both in person and online wherever you're at. So if you're interested in that and any of those services, Go to my website on the contact me and just shoot me a message and let's see how we can work together. And I highly recommend going to one of her classes. I took Cindy's breast cancer. I don't remember the exact title of what it was called, but uh, it was um, maybe you do, Cindy. What was it called? Yeah. This so it was Food for Breast Cancer Survival. And I am teaching that class again this year. Some upcoming classes that I have, if you go to that amazing.com slash bvf2021 you'll see i have two classes one at the end of september called um food and um fitness foods for fitness it's about optimizing athletic performance and this is not necessary for a person who wants to be an iron man if you walk for fitness or you dance or you ride your peloton we're going to talk about how to optimally fuel for your fitness, for your, your fitness goals and weight loss, and also how to fuel your recovery, which is so very important. We're gonna talk about beets again in there because beets <laughs> are really important for that. Um, and then also in the end of October, because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Week, uh, I have another breast cancer class that's uh, at the end of October. And it's if you took the class last year, sign up for it again this year. It's a completely different new class. Okay. Um, I have new recipes and new information, new lectures from Dr. Neil Barnard about cancer prevention and health. Been a, it's been a lot of stuff that's come out about food and, um, and cancer prevention with green tea and mushrooms, et cetera. So we're gonna talk about all that and make some really good recipes. Uh, we're gonna talk about soy again, like we did last year, good. because it's so <laughs> confusing for people. So, and we're gonna yeah. make a fabulous soy dessert. So. Uh, hopefully you can join us. So if you go to the the page tremazine.com slash BVF 2021, you can find the link for those classes and get a 10% discount. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I highly yeah. recommend it really. It, I was already kind of starting my I'd been vegan forever, not ever, but vegan a long time. But I was really starting to start my um, whole food plant based journey. And I took that class and it, you kind of you kind of just kind of filled in all of the cracks for me. And I've been nonstop, <laughs> except for this week. This week is <laughs> a vegan <laughs> vegan restaurant week. And so yeah. I'm going to enjoy all, all of that. But I just wanted to say thank you, Cindy. You 
for those of you that don't know, Cindy's doing this for free here, but the time and the effort and all the research and all the preparation that she had to do, I mean, she must have been spent hours doing this. We <laughs> thank you so, so, so much for giving us your time and your talents. We appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I love the Bellingham Veg Fest and I, I, my passion is plant-based food and I just love every opportunity I have to spread the word and also about zero waste and saving the climate. Um, again, check out Glenn Mercer's book, get more of my Try Amazing recipes and the radish top soup recipe in here um, and uh, spread the word about how important it is to be vegan. Okay, two more things. I want to say, uh, give Cindy a follow on social media. Find her on Facebook. Find Try Amazing on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow um, and check out the website for sure. I put everybody's, I'm going to put everybody's name that was, that made a comment. Um, there's about 10 people. Yay! So that's pretty cool. I'm going to put them all in a, a random name generator and I will pick a, a, a winner and I'll contact that winner, winner after the event. So awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Ha Bye, everybody. Have fun. Thank you. Happy Climate Week. <laughs>